What's up, guys? On today's episode, we're going over the Denver game, we're doing the midseason evaluation, and we're going to introduce my week nine picks. Stay tuned, you're not going to want to miss it. It's never pretty, guys. Sometimes it's never good. But the truth of the matter in this game is you take them how they come. Good move by Heineke and out of bounds inside the five. Heineke with protection. Clark breaks free! Okay, you're stuck together. You do things that you needed to do. But there are a lot of things we got to correct, a lot of things we get better at, and that's the truth. What a play. This is the Pound for Pound Podcast. What's going on, everyone? It's Thursday, November 4th. And you know what that means. We're here again with another episode of the Pound for Pound Podcast. I am your host, LB. Thank you for joining me here today. We got a lot to get to today. And usually after a a loss, I don't usually, you know, like making a too in-depth video, you know, disappointing loss once again for what's now the third straight or fourth straight week, uh, four straight losses and and another game that we could not get it done in. And it's unfortunate, but we're going to make the most out of it. And what I mean by that is we have a lot to get to. We're obviously going to do the recap for the game. That happened this past Sunday at Denver, but I'm going to do a midseason evaluation, just kind of a, a look at what where we are as a team and what to look forward to now that essentially our the competitive portion of this season is over, considering our work, our record and where we are uh, in terms of our division. So we're going to do that, the midseason evaluation, and then I'm going to give you at the end of the episode my week nine picks. But before I get into that, I want to talk to you guys about something that I'm super excited about. I finally set up a voicemail hotline. So essentially through this platform, you'll be able to record a message that I'll be able to listen to, uh, you know, at my convenience. And I'm looking for questions. If you guys have any questions regarding the Washington football team, the NFL, uh, baseball, any, literally anything, any sports related question, I'll try to answer them. And, you know, right. The, you, all you have to do is hit record Record your message. You can practice as many times as you want, and you can even put in there if you wanted me to put it on the on the actual episode, or if you just want to leave your message. All you're gonna do is write your name, leave the message, and I can add it to the podcast uh, when the next time I can answer the question. So look, I'm super excited about it. It's gonna be through Speakpipe.com. So you know, if you, I'm gonna be posting the links everywhere, but you can Google it. Um, it's gonna be Speakpipe.com/slash p4p voicemail that's it speakpipe.com slash capital p the number four capital p capital v o i c e m a i l speakpipe.com forward slash p4p voicemail and i think next week i'm gonna do the do a question episode so if i have if i have enough questions i'll do a question where i do an episode where i just answer callers questions and i'm super excited about it so if you if you're interested in that you're interested in having your voice heard having a question that i can answer uh like i said it could be anything sports related and i'll i'll answer it on here super excited to get started with that please leave uh your name um in the little message box that way you know i can sit i can you know acknowledge who you are but uh, now that the preliminaries are set aside, let's get into this Denver recap. So Washington ends up falling to the Denver Broncos 17 to 10 in a game that I feel we had plenty of opportunity to capitalize on, you know, and get this win. But it was as if both teams wanted to lose. 
we went into this game understanding that a two and six a two and six record heading to the bye week would essentially end any hopes of us, you know, playing some competitive football in November. And you know, I said in the last episode that we needed this win to have a shot to make a a push after the bye week. You know, with Tampa coming up and then. Uh, Seattle and uh, the Raiders, the Panthers, you know, winnable games. Maybe that Tampa game, I said we needed to have some momentum if we wanted to, you know, host uh, the Bucks and beat them. And we didn't get that momentum this week, unfortunately. So, and you know, as I said, basically the, the competitive portion of the season is over. I'm still going to be here and hope you're still going to be here. Although we won't make the playoffs this year, there's still a lot that I want to see. And I'm going to get into it during the midseason evaluation. Um, you know, and now Washington is going to enter the bye week, you know, week nine bye, and now they're just going to try to get healthy and just try to play some, some good football and have something to look forward to in this off season. I feel like a strong second half, although it won't catapult us into the, into the playoffs, into that last spot there, uh, a strong finish to the second half is going to give us a lot of momentum going to the off season and hopefully being able to make something happen next season. And that's what that's what the goal is now. Now that our season is essentially over, just looking to build towards the future and seeing, you know, what players are going to be here when, you know, for the future and what players are in the long term plans. And now that the trade deadline is behind us as well, we're kind of going to get a better understanding of where this team is in terms of players they want to, you know, play. I want to see some of these younger players play and um, before you know, and like I said, I'm gonna get into all that right now into the in the in the midseason evaluation. But uh, once again, Washington's offense failed to put up points on the board, and the defense honestly played their best game of the season, holding the Denver Broncos to 17 points. You know, in an NFL game, you're playing an NFL team, you should be able to beat them if you hold any team to 17 points. I don't care who they are. If the other team only has 17 points, you should have a chance to win the game. But Washington failed to get it done they had 19 plays inside like listen to this they had 19 plays inside the 30 yard line so essentially in the red zone 19 plays in spitting distance of the end zone and on those 19 plays we totaled 17 yards of offense on 19 plays inside the 30 yard line 11 of those 19 plays were for no gain negative yards or resulted in a turnover if that isn't a summary of how poorly this offense executed inside the red zone, inside the you know thirty yard line and up, I don't know what else it does because I, I once again just like last week I feel like in between the twenties you know going from the thirty yard line to the thirty yard line midfield where there's a lot of real estate we our offense is really good you know we can run the ball we're we're balanced we have a balanced rushing attack and passing attack and we're hitting you know dudes crossing receivers crossing over the field. Running backs, you know, hitting the hole, making cuts, and it—it's so. Like once we get into that thirty-yard line, once we get close, we just can't get home, and that's so unfortunate in a game where you had nineteen plays inside the thirty-yard line, and you know, special teams. You know, there is—it's a. Look, I'm just gonna say this: there are there are so many different roads we can go down as to why we lost the game, but at the end of the day. It's just a mixture of everything, a mixture of the play calling, a mixture of lack of execution, lack of talent, and and injuries. They all these played roles in in the loss. The defense played a role, the offense, the special teams, the coaching, everything played a role in this loss. Offensively, 
Heineke threw for 270 yards, a touchdown. He did have two interceptions, but uh, keep in mind that the first interception was the Hail Mary at the, ha- at the half, um, which was picked off by Justin Simmons. And the last interception was, you know, in the in the whining moments of the game where Heineke's trying to make a play and he just lobs a prayer ball up into the into the end zone. And I, I think Justin Simmons came down with that interception as well. So, I mean, he had a solid game. Those two interceptions, obviously, they're, obviously they're on the stat sheet, so you can't just ignore them. But you kind of take it into context, and Heineke played solid. Uh, you know, and but, but there's one thing that has been, you know, bothering me, and that is Heineke just looks... He looks like defeated, you know, when he makes a mistake, he just looks like the world is like, it's, it's hard to get behind him. It's hard to, you know, you know, follow someone like that and believe in someone when, you know, their body language and then their, their demeanor is just, it, it doesn't scream leader to me. And it looks like he's trying to do too much and make the, make the, make the big play, make the magical play every week. And it's costing him big time. It's costing him big time. And I thought in this game he was more accurate passing wise. You know he had a beautiful touchdown to DeAndre Carter in the corner of the end zone. I mean, there's throws like that where you think, man, this guy has something. But then it's the lack of football IQ, the internal timer, lack of arm strength, where you're like, okay, this guy's a backup. And I think I've seen enough from Heineke to know that he's a, he is a good backup in this league. Someone that when thrust into the into into battle, they can you know, scrape out a win, win, win or two here or there in maybe a three to four week span. But he's definitely not the answer. And as much as I wanted to see him this off season, you know, get the, get first team reps, be named a starter just to see what we had. I mean, his, his performance in the playoff game was magical. And, you know, as a fan, as a fan first, and then as a, you know, content creator, I wanted Hein I want Heineke to be that guy, you know. I you know, this franchise is starving for a franchise quarterback and when there's any glimpse they want it really badly and I don't think Heineke I think Heineke has a ceiling to him, a ceiling that he just can't get through and until he proves otherwise I will consider him to be a good backup and someone that honestly should be on this team long term in a, in a backup role, you know, I feel like in, in spurts, in small, in small doses, Heineke presents, gives us a chance to win every week, but long-term it's just, it's just not it. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, that pass to DeAndre Carter was, was really nice. I mean, put a, you couldn't have walked up and put it in a better spot. So it was, you know, great throw. And, um, I think one of the bigger, bigger reasons that this offense struggled was, the, you know, the, the offensive line was just horrible today. Uh, Heineke was sacked five times, and I think it was the offensive line's worst game of the year. Not only were we down uh, to our third string, our third string lineman at right tackle being Sadiq Charles, who's making his uh, a debut at right tackle. He, uh, I think, okay, so here's the thing about Sadiq Charles. Let me, let me just say this real quick. Sadiq Charles was a left tackle at LSU, during the 2019 season, you know, the Joe, the Joe Burrow year where he went crazy. Um, Sadiq Charles was the starting left tackle on that team. And he was great. We dropped him in the third round. He um, he got injured his rookie year on like the second play of the of his of he's he playing a guard. And I think he profiles better at guard, which. But the thing is, he was thrust into the action at right tackle because we lost. Not only did we lose our starting right tackle, Sam Cosme, 
our backup tackle, swing tackle, uh, Charles, not Charles Leno, I'm sorry, um, Cornelius Lucas, he uh, was ill today, so he couldn't, I mean, on Sunday, so he couldn't practice, he couldn't play. So that, you know, then forced, put, forced uh, coaching staff to put in Sadiq Charles at right tackle. And you could tell, I mean, he was clearly outmatched the entire game. He gave up multiple sacks, and there were even plays where he had a, a tight end next to him or a running back chip the edge defender, you know, help him out with the block, and they would still beat him. I think he was clearly unmatched, and he was clearly put into a situation where he could not succeed and play to the best of his abilities. I think Shadi Charles is an excellent player, and I think long-term he has a, a huge role in the future of this team, but he's a young player, and he profiles to me more as a guard, even though he played tackle in in college, you know, the NFL is a different, it's a different beast out there, you know, you need to be, you're going up against premier edge rushers, dudes that have a plethora of moves, dudes that are, you know, you know, everyone's getting paid, you know, this is a league, everyone's getting paid, so Sadiq Charles, I think he profiles better as a guard, in just terms of his, uh, his athletic ability, he's not as swift, not as agile on his feet, so I think he profiles better as a guard, and his, um, his play at right tackle definitely proved that, in my opinion. We and then on top of the injury to uh, to our right our right side our right guard, we know Brandon Sheriff was is, was out again for this game, uh, which then forced put Wes Schweitzer in at right guard, who has been okay. And where we further saw injury on this offensive line was at center when our starting center Chase Roulier broke his fibula in the middle of the game which forced even more depth with Tyler Larson inserting at center who who was okay at best I mean but compared to Chase Chase Roulier is a staple among the, amongst the offensive line and one of the best centers in the league he got signed to an extension this offseason so he it's a huge blow to lose uh, Roulier who's gonna miss the rest of the season he just had surgery I think yesterday or today he's expected to make a full recovery but just a huge loss and Th- that that put us down to our our second string center, second string right guard, third string right tackle, and that's a recipe for disaster right there. And they the offensive line, you know, could not it wasn't making holes for this running game either. They were giving up sacks, and it was just a tough day entirely for this entire group. You know, throughout the beginning of the season, they were our best unit offensively. I mean, they were solid. Sam Cosme goes down. Them Sheriff goes down. Now we're losing our center. Now we're down to our our backup tackles, and then not one of them gets hurt. And now we have to insert our third string right tackle. I mean, it's 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 a problem now, and you it's you can see on the field. You know, Heineke had no time when he gets sacked five times. I mean, it can't all fall on the QB at that point, but. It was just bad all across the board. Uh, the running game, uh, it was good. The running game was okay. Uh, the workload was split amongst the three running backs, being that Antonio Gibson is. See, I feel like Antonio Gibson just compromised. He wasn't on the injury report on Friday, but I, I think that they were just more managing his workload. The bye week is coming up, and they got they felt like they could get good production from Jared Patterson, which they did. I mean, Jared Patterson looked good. He had some nice runs. He showed power running, his ability to get a first down in short distance. And he even, if you go back and look at every single one of his plays, there's like two plays where he makes a beautiful night, a beautiful cut and, you know, shakes the defender out of his shoes and then he cuts up the field for eight, eight to 10 yards. I mean, Jared Patterson looked really good in the game. And, you know, 
even though Gibson is injured, I, I like this uh, approach of playing it safe with him because he's been banged up all year and the bye week is coming up and we're suffering injuries left and right and, you know, this term, especially on the offense. So keeping Gibson as healthy as possible, especially with the bye week coming up, giving him some time to rest, you know, I think more, more so they gave him, you know, carries in the game just so that he can see where he's at because he's been banged up and on and off the field all season. Um, getting into the defense now, uh, the defense is coming to life. I mean, they they look really good. They are starting to look like the defense from last year. But let's take this with a grain of salt because they we play Denver and Denver stinks. Their their offense is not explosive. Teddy Teddy Bridgewater, you know, is not gonna light the world on fire. So take it take it for what it is. But the defense played good. They did have some misplays and. That's just something that you can't afford, especially with your offense, you know, struggling and not being able to put up points. It's just something that we need to make sure that, you know, we need to take advantage of it, you know. And for example, in the uh, in the first drive of the game, Bobby McCain gets thrown a gift-wrapped interception. He dropped it. Bridgewater gave him the interception, hand-wrapped, delivered and dropped it off, and Bobby McCain just let the ball go through his hands. And that's a that's a mo- huge momentum swing early in the game where instead of Denver going down and score points, you're looking at a, you know, great field position, maybe even a pick six if Bobby McCain can get some blocks. But at at the very least, you're looking into being in field goal range already. And we saw what happened with our field goal kicking the, the entire game. We have we need a new kicker. Uh, I'll get into that in a second. But that was, those are the kind of plays that good defenses make and, we have not been good at turning the ball over this year, and that's a, that was a missed opportunity there, and we can't be having that. Uh, on a and then another play I want to bring up is that on a third down run, uh, Javonta Williams, their rookie running back, uh, he's you know running up the sideline and he has he's about three yards short of the sticks when Chase Young kind of approaches him, and instead of Chase Young, you know putting his shoulder down and making a tackle, he kind of like it was like a lazy attempt to shove him out of bounds and let Williams get the get the edge on him and get the first down and that's a play that you you can't just let that happen he was it's like Chase Young didn't even try and it that that's those are the kind of things that like no one's playing with 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 a will to win you know that's a play you need to make he's third down he's 3 yards short make the tackle and he didn't he didn't get the tackle and Javonta Williams just walks in for for a first down the defense did make plays, and, and I do want to highlight these two plays. Look, I just talked about two 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 plays. I want to talk about these two players now. Look, Jonathan Allen is has been our best player by far. He has looks like he has taken massive step forwards in terms of his pass rushing ability. And Landon Collins was making play after play. He is looking like the player we expected to get when we signed him in this new role. I don't know what he was thinking, but man. It's a it's a miracle how good he's playing at this linebacker position. He was making plays everywhere. He was jumping off the screen, and this is this is what we wanted. This is what I wanted, what the fans wanted, what media analysts wanted, and what the coaching staff wanted. But Landon Collins was being too arrogant and being too selfish to make that switch. And now that he's there, he looks like he can be a player that can stay not only for this season because there were talks about him getting traded at the trade deadline. But now that he's here. I do not expect him to be gone at the end of the year, even though he has a huge contract. And and you know what? Maybe they do move on from Landon Collins, right? Let's say the second half of the season, he 
even though he's playing well, they decide, you know what, we could put this money elsewhere. Uh, let's just move on. We have some young safeties. Let's just move on. But if he continues to play like this, especially how weak we are at linebacker, he looks like someone that can be in uh, the future plans still, even though he has that large contract. Maybe they can even ask him to take a pay cut, restructure the contract, maybe defer some more money later down the line just so that we can resign some of these players that we want to. And last but not least, special teams. Look, I said this when Dustin Hopkins was cut, that Dustin Hopkins was not a bad kicker. And, you know, the fans wanted wanted his head to roll. And it's like, he was he was one of, he wasn't great. Don't get me wrong. He was missing kicks, and we all know it. We all know it. Very we could very well have no wins if if it wasn't for a Dexter Lawrence uh, penalty, because Dustin Hopkins missed that game winning kick. But he was solid. And now the kicker we have, Chris Blewett, can't even kick the ball past the line of scrimmage. He can't put enough elevation on the ball to even get it over the lineman. He has had three kicks blocked. Hopkins had three misses all season, and our guy can't even kick the ball above the over the lineman. Look, be careful what you wish for because the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And now we are seeing this. Now we need a new kicker. And it baffled me when I when I saw that Ron Rivera said they were not going to worry about the kicking situation and that they were just going to move on with what they had because that dude cannot be here. Look, I don't know where he where he has to go, but he just can't be here. I'm not saying he has to never play in the league again, but just not now. Like... And, and this is the problem with cutting Dustin Hopkins in the, the way we did. We cut him so abruptly that we didn't even get a chance to, you know, really evaluate these kickers that we could have brought in. And believe me, we're not the only team out here that needs kicking. There are a lot of teams that don't have any kickers. And the fact that we just got some guy who hadn't kicked in the NFL game ever and had a terrible kick percentage in college, it was just a recipe for disaster. And now... I don't know. I don't know what to do now, because Ron is saying that he doesn't want to change kickers, and it's very clear to everybody out here that Chris Blewett is not the answer at kicker, and he is going to struggle mightily. I don't know what's going to happen in this bye week, but as of right now, he's still on the team, and I was I was of the the majority that don't even give him his ticket back to D.C. Man, look, find your own way home. Don't even get on the plane, like. I'm not saying he's the reason we lost, but man, to just not even be able to kick over the linemen, seriously, man, that's just so disappointing. And, you know, that just pretty much wraps up the game. Like, we we had opportunities to, to come away with points, and we just didn't. There's, you know, plays where receivers are open, Heineke's missing them. And at the end of the game, they add just more salt to the wound when they gave us some hope. And then, you know, we can't even move the ball, couldn't even get a completion in our second chance at winning the game or tying the game up, I'm sorry, after the Melvin Gordon fumble. Look, good teams take advantage of that fumble and make it, you know, make something happen, move the ball and get a touchdown. Good teams do that. When you give a good team good two chances to tie a game up in the in the last seconds, good teams are going are gonna to make you pay. And unfortunately, we're not a good team, and that's why we're two and six, and we're not going to be able to play meaningful football in November. You know, sucks to say that, but look, anything can happen, and look, and look, anything can happen. We could win out the rest of our games, right? But you know, that's not going to happen. You know, now we're at the point where it's time to see the young guys, time to see players that 
try to see who's in our future plans. So let's get into it, right? The midseason evaluation, where we are as a team at the midseason point. Look, there were high expect- look, there were high expectations coming into the year. Ten people were saying 10, 11 wins. I was thinking we're more like eight, nine wins. Now I'm thinking we're more like four or five wins. And it's it's disappointing, you know. We obviously have not lived up to expectations. And like there's so much that we can put to blame, you know, but it's just a collective effort of everything. There have been so much stuff going on outside of this organization. There have been so much stuff going on inside this organization, inside of the football, like the locker room, and there's been stuff going on on the field that it's just been a lot. And there are a lot of moving pieces and a lot of things that can go into it. But Missy's evaluation, okay? We're two and six. I'm pretty sure we're sitting last in the division after the giant, after the uh, Eagles just destroyed the Carolina Panthers. I think we're in last place now. And what I first want to get into is uh, answering the question what can we expect from this team? The remainder of the season, right? We're coming out of the bye week this week, and next week we're gonna play Tampa Bay, and we're gonna have you know that last stretch of games at the end of the year against all division opponents. And what I want to see from this team is just some competitiveness. Go out there, and even though you know our season's over, we're not going anywhere this year. Still, show us something to look forward to in this off season. I want to see if Chase Young can have a strong finish to the season. I want to see if he can get off of this slow start. He only had one and a half sacks in the first, what, eight games. You know, and he, people were claiming that he could, you know, go for a defensive player of the year. If he can have a nice, strong finish to the campaign, that's going to be great. Let's see he finishes, you know, he fin- he goes on the second half and goes on a tear, gets eight sacks, eight sacks in nine games. You look, I'm going to say that's good. You know, he he started off slow, but then he kicked it into a new gear. That's This is stuff that I want to see. I want to see if Jonathan Allen can continue to be develop into that pass rushing this pass rushing pass rushing gem that is that is unguardable unblockable in the in the trenches i mean jonathan has been amazing i want to see if he can continue this stretch and now with the uh, uh, I, I haven't mentioned it but um montez sweat is gonna miss a month he just fractured his jaw huge news i mean that was just i should have let off the show with that but it was just break huge news that just came out last uh, yesterday and now, now we're gonna have to see some of these younger players, but I want to see players like uh, Shaka Tony and uh, James Smith Williams, that dudes that are gonna have to step up now in certain packages when Montez Sweat should be on the field. Dudes like that are gonna get more playing time, especially Shaka Tony, a young player he picked in the last few rounds of last year's draft. I want to see him on the field now that Montez Sweat is injured. I want to see younger players on the field. I want to see as a linebacker. I want to see more Kali Hudson. I know Kali Hudson got burnt on that touchdown by Melvin Gordon, but I want to see him out there. The only way they're gonna learn is if they're on the field, and I want to see what we have in this in this in these young players so that we can know who's ready to go roll next season and who needs to head home who needs to be off this team uh in terms of the secondary i, I still want to see the development of benjamin st juice i mean he's been really good and he's really developing into a nice quality corner for us i want to i want to see more of that i want to see more cam curl i want to see more landon collins in the linebacker role. i really want that 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 is huge like that implications if landon collins can succeed in this safe in this linebacker role are are really important because that can uh you know uh let me how can I put this if cons can play linebacker 
they're going to be more prone to putting in Cam Curl and not so much Bobby McCain because I don't think Bobby McCain is back next year, but putting in a player like Derek Forrest, who's a, a rookie fifth-round pick uh, that just got activated back onto the active roster. I expect to see him a lot at safety. Him and Cam Curl could be a future pairing down the line, but we won't see it unless he gets some playing time at safety, which I'm hoping now that the season is essentially over, we see some of these young players. Um, in terms of the offense, I want to see – uh, what this offense looks like once we get these healthy pieces back, once we get Logan Thomas, once we get Curtis Samuel, once we get some of these playmakers back, once we get Diami Brown back, I want to see what this offense will look like. With, you know, I really need to see what Curtis Samuel has, man, and what he brings to this offense. So I'm hoping he come back after the bye week, not so much to give us a spark and, you know, lead us to the playoffs or anything, but just to see what we have because we won't know unless we see it, you know. I want to see... Uh, Jared Patterson at running back. I want to see if he can be a good complimenter to Antonio Gibson. I want to see this offensive line, see if they can get back on. You know, I want to see Sadiq Charles. I know he looked horrible at right tackle, but he's a guard. Let's see where he has our guard because especially, oh, sorry about that, especially with Brandon Sheriff. Brandon Sheriff's probably not going to be back next year. He's on the franchise tag. This is why I want to see a player like Sadiq Charles step into this role of, of, of guard. I want to see what he has at guard. He's a young player and he's, the future you know what i mean this is what we're looking forward to is the future and then uh i just talked about it we need a new kicker look i don't, I don't know how they're gonna do it but they need to bring in some dudes to this kick bring bring four or five guys having this have a kicking battle see what they got and then the best one out of those five guys put them on the team and let's roll because chris blewett is not the answer and i'm not gonna say that the guy that they choose to be the new kicker is gonna be the answer but I sure as hell hope that they can get the ball off the ground high enough that a lineman can't block it. That's all I'm saying. So, oh, and then the last thing in terms of the midseason evaluation I want to talk about is the coaching. So a lot of blame has been put on the play calling and the lack of pressure uh, that this defense is uh, providing. So I want to talk about Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator, and Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator. So Scott Turner's play calling has been coming into question. Um, look, I think Scott Turner is making great play calls, but here's the problem. The execution is not there. There are plays where, you know, uh, Heineke's missing, missing the receivers going, you know, on slants or whatever. And Scott's drawing it up, but his red zone, his red zone play calling is definitely his weakest point. So, you know, hoping that after this bye week, we're seeing an improvement in the red zone. That's all I'm asking for now. Improvements, something, something that we can say every week. Hey, look, we improved in this. We're in the, going in the right direction. That's all that matters to me now. In terms of the defense, look, Jack Del Rio has stepped it up a notch. This defense has been looking a lot better, and I want to continue to see that. I want to see some more sacks. Though. I want to see Chase Young, you know, you know, taking over games like he, he was last year. I want to see this defense because look, last year in the, in the beginning of the season, this we thought this defense was going to lead us to victories just as they did last year and we obviously that has been the case but i want to see that now that we're going into this stretch where it's just in terms of a term of development just seeing what we got uh look people want ron rivera gone i not want i'm not one of those people look i want to see it through ron rivera has a plan and what i want i want to see is i want to see him i want to see the plan through i want to see what what's at the end of the end of the tunnel i want to see the light and I'm hoping that he can lead us to to where we essentially want to be. And that's just the hope um, there. You know, 
we're in, we're sitting at two and six. The season's over. Now it's just time to see what we got in these young players. So now my I'm gonna get into this. Now we're gonna get into the week my week nine picks. You know it's Thursday. It's twelve twenty right now, and you know I need to get this my predictions out there. I'm gonna start doing this uh for for every week, giving my picks, and then I'm gonna uh, keep track of it. Uh, so we'll see where I'm at <laughs> at the end of the season. I'm super excited about this. Hopefully, it's not. I don't have a horrible record. Um, I'm pretty. I usually make safe picks, but you know, if it's a close one, well, I'm definitely gonna give my opinion on every game. But if it's a close one, I'll just maybe talk about it a little bit more and see where I'm at. So, uh, starting with this uh, game on Thursday night, we have the Jets versus the Colts. The Jets just came off that huge win against the Cincinnati Bengals with uh, with White leading the way at quarterback. I mean, look, he played great, but I'm not gonna pick. Uh, I'm not gonna pick against the Colts. Look, the Colts are a solid team, and they their their record doesn't isn't necessarily a great indication of who they are as a team. Carson Wentz has been playing great, and Michael Pittman has been playing great, and this defense is really good and I expect them to be able to hold this Jets this Jets uh team to less than 30 points unlike the Bengals but um I'm gonna take the Colts in this game uh, they're gonna come out with the win now going into the Sunday slate of games we have um the Falcons versus the Saints the uh, Falcons there's a lot of you know stuff coming out of their organization right now with Calvin Ridley stepping away from the game you know, just hope the best for him. Hope that he figures it out. Hope that he can get back onto the field soon. And, you know, wishing him nothing but the best. I think the Saints team, they're playing at home. The Saints team, even though they just lost Jameis Winston, their defense is, you know, phenomenal. And I fully expect them to be able to contain a offense that is mediocre at best with uh, in terms of the Falcons. And I expect them to come out with a win here. Uh, Saints going to get the W there. The next game is going to be Broncos at Cowboys. Uh, Broncos coming off that win against us, uh, obviously, against the Washington football team. And the Cowboys coming off of a win with their backup quarterback, Cooper Rush, uh, in Minnesota. I mean, what a what a win for them to go into Minnesota with a backup QB on prime time and just, you know, take a win, steal a win, essentially. You know, it's it was huge momentum, and I expect them to win this game. They're playing at home. I think the Broncos are going to be... Uh, an easy opponent for the Dallas Cowboys. So Dallas Cowboys take the win there. Uh, next game is going to be Patriots-Panthers. Uh, the Patriots are 4-4. Uh, four and four. The Panthers are 4-4. Four and four. The Panthers are expected to see. Look, so this is a game where there needs to be some context, right? So the Panthers are playing at home, right? And they have designated Christian McCaffrey for a return from injury. That doesn't mean that he's going to play this week, but if he does play this week, I think that there's a, there's a good possibility that this game can swing in the Panthers' direction with Christian McCaffrey because they were great with him. I mean, phenomenal with him in the lineup. And as soon as he left with injury, they just been tumbling down, snowballing down the down the hill. So uh, if Christian McCaffrey plays, I think the Patriots still come out with the win. I mean, the Patriots' defense is really good. But if Christian McCaffrey uh, does play, I think it, it could uh, – you know, swing a little bit in the Panthers' way, but I think the Patriots will come out on top either way, with or without Christian McCaffrey. The next game is going to be uh, Vikings-Ravens. Like I just said, the Vikings lost to the Cowboys. You know, man, you can't lose that game. You're at home. You're going against a backup QB. You need to win that game. Like, there's no excuses at that point. You're, you know, your, te- your team should have been able to put up more points, and they couldn't get it done. They're playing the Ravens. Uh, The Ravens, I think, are coming off of a 
bye, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be wrong about that. But uh, the Ravens, I'm going to put the Ravens. The Ravens are at home. The Vikings are definitely reeling right now. I'm going to go with uh, the Ravens taking the W there. Uh, this game is interesting. Uh, the Browns and Bengals game. So uh, the Bengals, let's talk about, that, about them first. The Bengals... Uh, just came off of a disappointing loss. I mean, they had so much momentum going their way. They had just beat the Ravens. They were, uh, they were, you know, had so much momentum, and they lost to a a Mike White led, <laughs> Mike White led Jets team, and in the shootout that is, and they're they're you know hosting the Cleveland Browns who have a plethora of <laughs> of stuff we can talk about going on with them as well with the Odell news. Who knows if Odell Beckham's going to be on this team on Sunday? I doubt it. I think they'll just cut him. I don't know what's going on. Even if even if he's still on there, I'm going to take the Bengals. I think it's going to be their get-right game, and I think the Browns are going to be uh, just too overmatched from this Bengals offense. I mean, this Bengals offense is a dynamic. Jamar Chase has been amazing. Joe Mixon has been solid, and Joe Burrow is taking this leap, this step forward that we're seeing from in year three. Um, I'm sorry, year two quarterback, Joe Burrow. So, um, Bengals going to get the W there. Bengals get the win. Uh, next game is going to be Bills-Jaguars. Uh, Bills are traveling to Jacksonville. I think there is going to be you know easy win for Buffalo, even though they're on the road. Uh, I think they walk away with a win. Uh, Texans-Dolphins, I mean, this is going to be the toilet bowl. I mean, this game is going to have no one's going to be watching this game. It's going to be a boring game. Hopefully, they, maybe they put me wrong, right? But... Um, I'm gonna go with I, I, what I think is an upset pick with because uh, I don't know where the month the the line is right now, but uh, I'm gonna go with the Texans going to Miami, going to the Dolphin Stadium, and beating the Dolphins on the road. With um, I don't think Tyrod Taylor is back, but if he is, uh, Texans 100%. But if he is not, and it's um, Davis Mills, I still think the Texans come out with a win. Um, but that game could go either way. I'm just gonna go with the Texans to see what happens. Uh, next game is going to be the Raiders hosting the uh, going to New York uh, to play the Giants. Um, Giants are at home, two and six. The Raiders are five and two. Look, the Raiders have just like the just like the Browns and just like um, the Falcons have stuff going on um, with the incident involving Henry Ruggs. Look, that is devastating news, not only to uh, you know the Raiders, but. Just to the victim's family, I mean, you never want to see stuff like that, and there's there's no place for that in this league. And but I do think the Raiders come out with the win. This Giants team is not good, and I really think that the Raiders are just a better team. Their the Giants offense has been has been struggling with injuries. Their wide receiver core get, seems like a new guy's getting injured every other play. I think the Raiders come out with a win uh, against the Giants on the road. Um, now going into the four o'clock games, we have the Chargers against the Eagles. Look, the Chargers um, have been struggling as of recently. Justin Herbert has been up and down, uh, but this Eagles team is coming off of a huge win against the Lions. They just decimated them; just put up like forty points. But I think the Chargers. This is going to be their charge. The Chargers get right game. They're going to come out with a win, and Jalen Hurts is going to struggle, and Chargers get the win on the road. Next game is going to be Packers-Chiefs. Packers going through this crazy situation with COVID. I mean, Rodgers getting ruled out with COVID and, you know, him saying that he was vaccinated and he wasn't vaccinated. You know, I don't The whole situation is just so murky right now. I think that's going to be too much for the Packers to, to do, especially with Jordan Love making his first career start 
at Arrowhead. I mean, talk about talk about a rough go. You know, Arrowhead is such a hard stadium to go in and win at. The fans are just electric there. Uh, so I think the Chiefs come out with the win. They're gonna they're gonna be look. The Packers are seven and one for a reason, but I think Aaron Rodgers is a huge reason for that, and we're gonna see that this week. I think the Packers are going to get their doors blown open by the Chiefs. And that's just my opinion. We'll see what happens. Chiefs take the W there. Uh, Cardinals 49ers. I think the Cardinals are gonna come out with the win here against the Niners. I think the Cardinals are going to be, you know, ready to roll after they take that, you know, disappointing loss against the Packers on uh, Thursday night a couple days ago, and I think they're gonna be ready to go. Uh, I think the 49ers are coming off of a good win, but I think the Cardinals' offense is just too explosive, and they're going to definitely run away with this game. Um, next game is going to be uh, Sunday Night Football. The Titans traveling to L.A. to play the newly newly uh, revamped Rams defense, and I think the Rams you know, handled this win. The Titans just lost Derrick Henry for essentially the next six to ten weeks uh, for their foreseeable future, essentially, and we all know that Derrick Henry is the Titans offense like there no no back in the NFL is can even compare to what you know Derrick Henry does for the Titans and I think they're going to struggle mightily without him I don't think that Ryan Tannehill can single like you know step up and take on the take on the responsibility to you know lead this team to a win without Derrick Henry uh they just signed Adrian Peterson I don't expect Adrian Peterson to you know handle the same amount of carries that Derrick Henry did, but and I, I expect an offensive drop off from the Titans. The Titans are a good team. Look, they're they're six and two for a reason. They're a good team, but I think the Rams are going to be too much, especially with the acquisition of Von Miller. Um, maybe he'll play or may, or I don't know. Uh, he's been dealing with injuries, so I don't know if he'll play. But they're seven and one. They're at home. I expect them to get the win. Uh, last game of the week, Monday Night Football. This is going to be the Bears at the Steelers. A uh, Bears uh, came off of a a. A better performance, especially from Justin Fields. Justin Fields has been struggling mightily all season, and it was good to see some flashes from him last week. And they're going against the Steelers. The Steelers, uh, you know, offense has been up and down at best. Big Ben is not does not look like the quarterback he was before. This game is definitely a toss up for me. I'm gonna go with the home team, um, that being the Steelers. Uh, I think they can hold Justin Fields, contain him. And, you know, Justin Fields has been struggling all all season and I expect the Steelers to take this win here uh all you know the Steelers there's you know you can joke about Big Ben all you want but you know Big Ben is was you know one of my generation's best quarterbacks and you know just because he doesn't have it anymore doesn't mean that he can't scrape out a win against this Bears team who who's even though they're three and five they're not that good and they're they're pretty bad so I think the Steelers get away get the win here at home on Monday Night Football. So let's see what happens with those with those picks. Um, like I said, this Sunday we'll have a bye. The Washington football team has a bye, so no game for us. Hopefully, you know, I get people to people, you know, send a message to the to the voicemail hotline, like one hundred percent. Send me questions and I'll answer them on the next episode. We'll talk about these these Sunday these Sunday games or these week nine games in the next episode. Look, I wanna say thank you to anyone that listens to my podcast. You guys are the best. I'm just out here grinding, trying to get these these podcasts out every week. And, you know, this is what we do. The season's essentially over for us. We're not going to go anywhere uh, competitively anymore. So it's just time to look for the future. And it's okay. And, you know, that is okay to to accept uh, because you you can't just keep on, you know, being mad. You got to look at you got to look ahead of the future and look. 
I hope you guys have a good day. This was a rough week for us, you know, accepting the truth. But it is what it is. And um, we'll, I'll see you guys in the next one, you know. I'll see you guys in the next one. So I hope everyone out there is safe. If you guys want, you guys can follow me on Twitter at the P4P Podcast. And you can also listen to this podcast not only on Spotify. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts. So share with a friend. Share with your coworkers. Share with your mom. Share with your dad. Share with an NFL fan. I'm hoping we can get some more people in here. Uh, especially with these voicemails. If I can get some voicemails, we're going to be lit, guys. So thank you once again for listening. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. Have a safe weekend and be blessed. It's never pretty, guys. Sometimes it's never good. But the truth of the matter in this game is you take them how they come. Good move by Heineke and out of bounds inside the five. Heineke with protection. Florent breaks free. Okay, you stuck together. You do things that you needed to do. But there are a lot of things we got to correct, a lot of things we get better, and that's the truth. What a play. This is the Pound for Pound podcast.